Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome. This is the Houseless Podcast. My name is Peter Agostin. It has been a while since I got behind the mic for the show. I want to first thank everybody for continuing to listen and supporting and spreading the word on the DJ mixes and the uh, musical mixes that I've been putting out since the top of the year. I wanted to get back in the swing of some audio stuff with me on the mic again, and I thought that this might be a good one, at least to set up as an intro, because this show isn't me speaking. In fact, it's a group of guys remembering the the great um, hip-hop performer, rapper, Steezo. Steezo, who just recently passed away, April 29th of this year, 2020, native son of New Haven, Connecticut, who had been living in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Steezo was and is um, one of the greatest hip-hop exports from the state of Connecticut. And I happen to know a couple of his close friends and uh, family members from years of doing uh, music with them. Uh, one being Chris Lowe, who I released his album on, on my, uh, my old label. Um, his album was called The Black Life. I think we put that out in 2003. And my friend Dulio, who was Steve Stizo's cousin. Dilio and I have done some projects together. He's been on the podcast twice. He did a mix on episode 74 that's amazing called The Beat Segment Part 3. You should check out. And even further back on... Uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Our first conversation was episode 74, which is us doing a, an actual interview. And then on the mix series, uh, he was episode 124. Apologies about that. Go back and check those out. They're both amazing. This, what I'm about to share with you, was a group of Steve's friends, collaborators, who gathered basically on a Zoom call that was broadcast on WYBC, a radio station um, in, uh, that broadcasts out of the campus of Yale um, University in New Haven, Connecticut. And I thought, with, with Dulio's blessing, he provided me the, the, the file for that particular show where they all gathered it's about you know six or seven guys and just reminiscing telling stories in memory of their their friend a tragic tragic loss and he came from a pretty tight-knit uh, small community of of, of guys um, a lot of guys that were just like grew up together you know family members and friends and um, and Dooley and I had been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks just you know, during this period of quarantine, just catching up with old friends, and uh, we were talking about new music he was working on and ways to, new ideas on how he wanted to release music and stuff like that. So I was just a sounding board like any friend. And then when this happened, I, I and and they did this, I knew that they were fans of Stizo's work that would have wanted to hear this, but might not have been able to catch it when it was broadcast uh, from from the station and streamed from from WYBC, that's 94.3. Um, and uh, so they sent me the files. I wanted to record a little intro. I also play an unreleased song from Stizo um, that eventually now you can actually get it on Dulio's Bandcamp, um, which I, I recommend you guys checking out. Um, I play that at the very end uh, of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to dig it. 
especially any fans of this of the sleeping bag era Steezo, if you wanted to know some some stories some anecdotes you know the guys go in it's it's pretty heartfelt and uh and i think you're really gonna like it if you're a fan just so you know a little bit of context to um the people that are on this particular uh call it's the host uh, juan castillo of, of of the station it's his show chris lowe of course is on it dulio was on it uh jim slice is on it who who many of you might know that name he popped up on a lot of uh Steezo's songs and, and records as well as Dooley and Chris um Superman J actually from the Skinny Boys classic old school hip-hop group released three albums they were from Bridgeport Bridgeport Connecticut excuse me but of the same era some uh releasing some pretty dope stuff um in the late 80s in fact a lot of you especially the younger listeners or whatever might uh, know the Skinny Boys and not even really realize it because um, their super popular song Jockbox well actually became even more um, popular because it was the theme and interpolated throughout the show Workaholics. So just to give you a little bit more context. Also E and Lil E are on this call. So just so you can identify some of the names of the people talking since it originated as a video call. So I'm sharing you the audio file and um, I hope you guys dig it, man. Thank you so much. I'm not going to go long on this. And hopefully you'll be hearing my voice again on later episodes um, of the podcast. I, I will eventually get back to that. But in the meantime, I've been enjoying sharing the DJ mixes. So let's get into this. Rest in peace to Steezo. Great guy. And uh, out of a great camp of, of really cool people, cool human beings. So my condolences to his friends and family and to all the fans out there. I hope you guys enjoy this. Peace. Check it out. All right. So here we go. 94.3 WYBC, the rhythm of the city. One Castillo with you on a Friday night. And uh, I've got some brothers in here, man, who uh, have have a legacy, along with my man, Steezo, uh, who we lost this week. And uh, these brothers worked with him extensively. They were part of the crew. And you need to hear from them, man, because uh, they made history back in the day. Uh, there's a legacy behind all of this, man. So we're gonna get started with you, with you, Dulio. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about Steve, man. All right. Um, I met Steve when I was about six years old. I had a family family cookout, and you know the crazy thing was when I, when I met him, he was like, "What's up?" I was like, "What's up? What's up?" You know. My mother's mother, crazy cool. It was like, it's your cousin Steezo. Now Steezo Steve. And Steve, you know, we kicked it off right then and there. And what happened is, all of a sudden, he was like, he saw the mattresses, you know, because back in the day, we used to flip on mattress when we didn't have a gym or anything to go to. So no jump parks, no jump parks back then. Right. It was an empty <laughs> lot, right? Empty lot right next to the house. There you go with mattresses because we you know everybody used to flip steve said y'all be flipping i said yeah he said all right he said watch this so we all was like we what are you talking about because all the kids was over too you know neighborhood cookout steve climbs up on top of the garage and does a backflip <laughs> off the garage <laughs> <laughs> you know if you want to make an impression your first impression you know you do something like that so, I mean, 
after that, you know, grew up and then the 80s started hanging out a little more tough, going out the Brookside. You should do some wild stuff out there, jump in the lake. This dude made his own fishing rod out of a stick in a, in a milk carton, cut the milk carton open, put a square in the middle of it, and wait for a fish to come by and catch it. Like, I mean, he was so so much of a, a innovator. <laughs> I mean, and I, I must, I'm, I'm going to leave it from that point to, you know, being into fashion, taking things to the next level. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. You, you know, at one point when I wasn't really dealing with Steve, you know, during, you know, the high top fade, when the high top fade just started coming out, already he had the tallest fade in town. <laughs> You know, you tell about you tell about how Kenny Play joint was. It was about exactly that same high. You know what I'm saying? Back before we even knew who Kenny Play was, like he had to be on top of everybody and what he did. And over the years, he proved it. Um, so then we get into, you know, I I knew he did graffiti a little bit. So you know, I was doing the hip hop graffiti thing too. He kind of played around with the spray cans a little bit, not too much, you know, because he got he was deep into breakdancing. And just like in breakdancing, he mastered that. You know, he mastered breakdancing, was taking people out. He was known as the best breakdancer in town. Um, a whole bunch of things. And then the music scene got in, the fashion show at uh, Montego Bay. You know, he came in first place. And the dancing you know? in Montego Bay. That's where I first seen him. Dancing. He was getting his dance on. He was nice with the dancing. I mean... Everything he did in every step of any any type of genre, he mastered it quick. If you ever see him walk up to a piano, he don't even know how to play a piano. I seen him one time walk up to a piano and be like, ding, 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 ding. All of a sudden, he got it. Played the piano right in front of me one time. You know? He was the first I, I, I heard uh, use a, use a, use a uh, SK-1 uh, Casio keyboard and turn it into a sampler. Ain't nobody, I didn't know where to sit. I ain't know nothing about sampling at this time. Crazy. You know, he comes to Montego Bay and does a talent show, and all of a sudden the beat come on and he's got this thing going, easy to dance to this, easy, 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 easy. I'm like, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's too advanced. What is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he was advanced on everything that he did. And then, you know, we could switch it over then, you know. Chris. Yeah, Chris, yeah. man. Tell then, you know. Give us your case that, on your man. What's you know, up? What, 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 Mr. Juan, greetings to you. Hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Go ahead, my brother. First of all, let me just say what's up to the Elm City. Indeed. Me and my friends. Um, I don't got no specific shout outs right now, but if you know me, that's who you are. Um, I'm still trying to process all of this because a lot of people don't even realize how many people knew Steve. I mean, to be from New Haven, it's right up there with your Sly Williams, you know what I'm saying, your Theron Mays. You know, that's legendary right there. And I'm just like really trying to really grasp how, how many people knew Steve. I just got off the phone with um with Terrell. Terrell was one of one of our dancers. He in LA. 
And uh, Terrell said, yo, they give it a mad love in L.A., man. So to L.A., y'all always was funky. Always. But, man, this is, um, it's, it's bigger than what you think. I know it ain't like on no triple platinum. But a lot of people in the industry right now, back then, they know, they know who Steve was. You know, a lot of times we so egotistical, we don't want to let nobody know nothing. But, um, yeah, a lot of people knew Steve, man. Yeah, DJ Khaled, as a matter of fact, you know, they got a picture of him. And that's my man, by the way. Uh, going in the crates, pull, pulling out, pulling out the joints, you know. So there you, there you go. If, man, you had that record, man. If you <laughs> hip hop, I don't care where you from. <laughs> I'm saying where you if you hip hop, had that record, man. You a DJ? Yeah, you. And, and shout out to all the um the people who sending condolences, man. You know, that, and this is what make me, you know, real sad because Steve was, Steve was making a comeback, man. He was making a comeback, and he was right in the middle of it, and you know, just like that. I'm sorry for moving the phone so much. I'm driving, man. I know I'm pull over. Uh, so uh, Superman, tell us, tell us, tell us about you know your thoughts and 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 uh. And the legacy, man, and, and and your involvement, man, with this great man. Um, I have an abundance of stories about Steve and the whole crew. I mean, we got time. We got time. <laughs> I remember just to start off. First of all, thank you for inviting me to this, man, because uh, Steve was a very infectious person. I mean, he very outgoing very talented and he would come up to the studio him and the fellows would come up to my studio in Bridgeport and they're recording and like Dulio said anything Steve put his hands on sooner or later he gonna get it and I mean sooner than later he gets it as far as not just Connecticut go, but as far as the industry goes, even as the skinny boys, we always show mad love to Steezo and New Haven because first of all, we're from, we were born in New Haven, raised in Bridgeport. So, you know, big up to the whole entire Connecticut, not just the Elm City, not just Bridgeport, yes, the whole entire Connecticut because we put on for the whole state. But at the end of the day, we represented hip-hop universally when you talk about um just innovators man i mean one thing i can say not just being infectious i mean steve was there's no words to describe him man because at the end of the day this dude is like off the meter everything has to be top-notch I remember the last performance we had that included them, him, Jim Slice, Chris. When I tell you, before that show, Steve came up to the, the studio in, in Wallingford, this brother, this guy, guy named Pat Runs. And he knew we were up there and he says, man, I just come up here, man, to see if I can give y'all some, some input on the show, I know you are already ill, 
I said, listen, man, it's not about how ill we are, man. This is how we do in hip hop, man. You know, if you got something to add to us, man, by all means, we're for it. So we're in there, we're getting the show, you know, ready. And Steve said, Jay, what do you think about this? Sean, what do you think about this job? What you thinking? We're like all ears because we know how creative he can be. You know, I mean, we always said four minds is better than three. And if you add the rest of these fellas on here that, that are out here, Chris, uh, Jim Slice, Dulio, the rest of the fellas, when I tell you, you put all them minds together, man, I mean, I'm not one to shy away from talent at all. When you have um, things like, let's just say if you, you know, you put us all in the studio. I'm all ears. I know how to humble myself. So when Steve came with something, it was like, I don't have to wait on a, on a, on a scale. I know what he, whatever he's coming with is ill. So those are like the memories that I have. I mean, not only just putting him up on Instagram today and just seeing all the love that my brother, you know, had throughout, not just the, not just the tri-state, but I'm talking about from coast to coast. I'm talking about people chiming in from the UK. Steve was just, he, he was an infectious person, man, and you, you couldn't have nothing but love for him because I don't know a time that I know of that I've seen Steve without the smile. That's right. He always had something to laugh at. Great you know, human. he always had mm -hmm. something to feel good about. So, I mean, coming from us to Skinny Boys, man, we have nothing but love for not just Steve's old man, but all these fellas right here, man. And, and they know it because they've always, you know, been around us, man. We don't, like I said, we don't represent the tri-state. We represent hip-hop in general. There you go. Heard of your Sean there? Sean? Where's Sean? No, nah, nah, Sean's not here, man. Um, I wish I could have gotten him on. So let, let's go to Jim Slice, man. What's happening, my brother? Jim Slice man, got the got the tough background. I've been talking about it, man. He he <laughs> looked all professional over here. You know what I mean? So uh, so tell us tell us tell us about you know uh, just your history, man, with with the man and 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 you know uh, how he affected your life too, Mark. You know what I'm saying? Okay, um, I'm gonna kind of do it like. Real quick, I'm gonna do it like Dooley. So, mm. I first seen Steezo. We didn't meet yet at the Albie Booth Boys Club in the Hill, oh, at that Spring Street, and it was a camp over there. So, I walked across the street. I think we was the camp was over, so all the kids was out in the. We was all out in the front, I guess, waiting for our rides to pick us up. So I walked across the street, and this one kid was on a fence, flipping off the fence. So he kept doing it, and the kids were watching. And I'm standing to the side, and I'm watching. So this other kid goes, you ain't better than Steve. You ain't better than Steve. So he goes, I wish I could find Steve. Then he looks across the street, and there goes Steve. So you see this light-skinned kid with an afro. We all had afros back then. So he goes, Steve, come here, come here. So Steve come over, and he was like, show him how you, how you flip off a fence. 
So now the two kids, Steve, Steve, and the other kid, they're, they're climbing up on this like metal, silver metal fence and doing flips off the fence. So that's when I first seen Steve, but we didn't meet. So as we got older, uh, I'm gonna say around maybe 13, 14 in that time frame, I met Steve while I shook his hand at the Elks Club. We went to the Elks Club one night, DJ Joey D and Superior Zam was rocking, and Steve was by the door. So when we walked in, the crew that I was with, they were speaking to him because they already knew him. And, you know, we that's the first time we seen each other and we spoke, at least the first time he seen me. So then we said, what's up? And I, you know what I'm saying? So then time goes on again. And now this is the breakdancing era. And when his breakdancing crew, I think it was D-Force at the time, they broke up. Right. I was currently over into Hamden. So Steezel came into Hamden looking to recruit some people for his crew, his new crew. So that's when that's when um he came and met myself, Bob, Kenny Gauz, a few of us at the um New Hallville uh Hamden Rep. So, you know, that's when we that's when we like started interacting with each other. Like, what up, Steve? What up, Jim? You know what I mean? But um, so that's how our relationship came about. And from there, growing up, you know, just being around in New Haven and seeing each other, we built a relationship. So um, but to talk about his personality and piggyback off what these guys were saying. Um, Steezo was, like Super J hit it, Steezo was a person to get an idea. And if he had an idea and he really liked the idea, he would work at that idea. He would go get the materials he needed. Even if he couldn't afford the good materials, he would get something that was close to the, what you're supposed to use and, and, and try to create his own thing. Like Steezo was the type of person, he might, if, if Steezo found a cheap pair of sneakers, right, with two stripes on the side, he might draw the third stripe and say, these are some Adidas. Like, he'll do something crazy like that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, and, and there's times, like, um, one thing people don't realize, in 1991, I want to say, Steezel, and he kept telling it to me. He kept going, Jim, wouldn't it be a good idea if we had these, these vests with these matching visors? And it kept being a repetitive thought in his head. And one day, finally, I went to his house and he was like, Jim, I'm glad you're here. I want to show you. Check this out. Check this out. And lo and behold, he had a matching of, he made, created a vest with a matching sunrise. And that's just how he was. When If he felt he had a good idea, he would find his way to bring that idea to fruition. He never let anyone, no matter what they had to say or how anybody else felt, um, stop him. He had his thought in his dream because he knew once he accomplished it everybody else would fall in line so he actually created the visors and the vest and he you know some of them didn't come out right but he found ways to perfect it make it better and next thing you know we were he we were going 125th street to bell's fashions and rockman and selling visors and vests on 125th street to the point where to see that idea that Steezo had in 91, 92, to see that idea flourish into something more to where it's being sold on 125th Street and there are certain rappers who I, I see myself, the chief rocker, Busy B, buy one and put it on right then and there and continue walking down 125th Street. I've seen a couple of music videos back then on uh, the music TV video stations where I've seen rappers and people, if they weren't the exact rapper, maybe they were extras in the, in the video, but they were wearing 
the vest with the matching visors. And that experience was like seeing Steezo take an idea and create it to certain of that a level to the point where I've even learned how the Africans and, and the Haitians, how they would bootleg your product so fast to the point where it was widespread no matter what stinging that you went down 125th Street, you started seeing more and more of the vest and the visors. And just giving him that credit, like you created all of this. Like they're bootlegging your idea right now and you've created all of what they're doing. And this is all of you, even though you're not getting the money for what they're stealing from you and your idea, but it's, this is all of you. To see 125th Street dressed up and, and matching vests and visors, like I don't think anybody in New Haven probably, if you didn't go to New York like that in that time and hang out like we did, just to know like these New Yorkers thinking they on to something. This is some New Haven, Connecticut people idea that they rocking right now. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful sight to see in my eyes. Like they don't understand like, as people, two people coming from a small town in New Haven, we just turned Harlem out. We turned it out. 125th Street turned out on those vests and visors. Well, you know what? Today I learned that Steezo was wearing what Hammer called Hammer Pants before Hammer. Yes. That's what I Way before. That. Way before. I remember, I remember the first time I saw them. I was, I, Jim, y'all was going to that show before the video. <laughs> when Steve used to live across from Denny's, it was Philly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Philly. He had them on there. Remember, I said, "Yo, what's, what you got on?" <laughs> but it was it was those pants, and then later on, Hammer Hammer started wearing, and the whole world started wearing that. But that you know, but that's who Steve was, you know. Yeah, he, he, and he makes his stuff. He don't mean to cut you off, but he if he can't go buy it, he would make it in a heartbeat and wear it, and you go to the store looking for it. But you don't understand. He made that. Yo, he talented. If you leave a Louis Vuitton pocketbook, if you leave a Louis Vuitton pocketbook, Steve find Louis Vuitton pocketbook, make a vest and the matching Louis Vuitton sneaker. He'll go. He'll take off the stripe on the Nike and put his own stripe up there. He'll put that yep. Louis Vuitton S, cut it out. After that, he'll he'll do the interior of your car. <laughs> Cut your hair, do a beat, all in one day. <laughs> yeah. when, when I when I asked him about the vest, I was like, "Well, how'd you make the vest?" He was like, "Look, check it out. I went to the store and I bought this one vest right here. I don't even think he, he went to like a, a thrift shop or something. He said I just needed the vest. And then what I did is I started ripping it apart and I put the the pieces on the cardboard and started tracing them out, and then just traced out the the the, uh, the pattern. And then he took the cardboard, he, he cut it out, took the cardboard, put it on the pack on the material that he got." and then cut out the material and then started sewing it together and then just started using sewing machines and he, that's how he was man that's how he was i remember that now excuse uh, me fellas i have to log off i have a serious um emergency at my house right now oh wow I, I appreciate the invite man but i'll, I'll get back to you all right okay brother. Right, brother. thank you so much man we with you yes all right brother all love y'all all right for sure Sir. uh so uh, so let's continue. Uh, one of the one of the things that I heard today uh, was uh, how when 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 Steezo did his video in New York, and he invited a whole bunch of people from up here to go down there, right? And at the time, of course, you know we had the beasts in the city, right? Uh huh. And everybody went down there. And because of that video, there was no beef that day. 
none. Can, can anybody talk about that day? Um, I'll elaborate on it because I, I can say before the video, we did fight. We did fight the label to do the video in New Haven. And, and the label just would not bite. They was like, these people are giving us a good deal right now. We don't want to push the money factor on them and having them go to another state. But um, these are the same people, company that did like say, Bismarcky, you got what I need video. Right. And um, so we couldn't, because of the, the money, I guess the label's financial aspect of it, and they didn't want to push them to try to go to Connecticut. They was like, just do it here in New York. It's just, it's, we got to get the first video off. So, all right. So, yeah, so we couldn't get it in the video in New Haven, Connecticut at that time. We had to do the video in New York. Um, and we just went around and, and, and told everybody back then, because you're talking about, what, the late 80s. So everywhere we went, we was like, yo, we're doing the video on this day at this location in New York. Um, be there, blah, blah, blah. And um, so we, we, the night before, stayed at the Empire uh, Midtown Manhattan. So that's where we stayed that night. And um, anytime we did things, we always stayed at the Empire. And um, so when we were at the Empire, we got up that morning, um, went down to the video, and it was like, oh, man, ain't nobody show up, man. It's just us, but we're going to do what we got to do. But nobody showed up to the video. And it was crazy. Next thing you know, we were standing outside because the video was on top of a roof, but we were all outside in front of the building. It was right. down by the, the major courthouse in, in Manhattan in that area, that main courthouse that everybody go to. So it was down that way. So we were standing outside like, man, ain't nobody show up, man. You know, that's okay. It's cool. We're going to do what we got to do. Next thing you know, you hear all of this noise, right? And you look down the street and you see a mob of guys coming. And like you said, Juan, you had personal territorial beefs in New Haven, like the Bill versus the train, whatever, you know, that was the names at the time. And and to see both people from both of those territories together, coming down the street, downtown Manhattan, making noise. We here, we here, taking, you know, like some Manhattan stores, the fruit is on the outside, on the stands, walk, walking by, and just taking an apple and come, as they were coming towards the, the, the video. And um, and then when you got there, you know, the rest is all in the video, which you've seen on the rooftop. But it did bring two high power uh, parts of towns in New Haven that really were going to war with each other. And for that day, they literally traveled from New Haven to downtown Manhattan and went up on that rooftop and, and, and party together. Well, you should you should have seen the luxury cars outside, the luxury Jeeps. Is that right? Yeah, at the time, everybody had a Jeep. Hey, hey, why? You know what made that happen? You know what made that happen? And this Mister, yeah. by the way, this is Mister E. You know, talking with us. As a of, he has a uh, produced. That happened for all them to be there. God rest his soul was Vincent Daniels, and V was from New York. Right. But he was at KSI. Right. Y'all got lost. Y'all hear me? One, two, v, one, two. We got you, Chris. We got you. We here. Okay. V, and Chris would let you know. V put that together. All that jewelry that Steve had on, that was coming from V. Yeah, well, I well, I well, I well, I heard that V V V gave him that 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 joint that he that he was wearing. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yo, shout out to Vinny, man. Rest in peace, man. That was my dude. Absolutely. What I tell you, yeah. Absolutely. That was my dude, man. No. Yeah. 
and he was on the DJ tip. <laughs> That's true. Right shout out, out the, so Chris, shout out the V, man. I forgot about that. Hey, Chris, we talk, we talk about the video shoot, man. That's what we're talking about right now. You know, oh, I mean, word. Yeah, the rooftop. Yeah, the rooftop. Oh, man. <laughs> you Yo, know? you know, you know, we end up finding out that Nas was there. Is that Nas right? Was, yeah. Um, he froze up. He was, uh, he was little then, but you know, he didn't, he hadn't even done back to the grill yet. Yeah. But um, Steve found out that um, he was at the video shoot. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So was so was Just Ice. Yup, just ice. And so was Kate Bourne from the classical two rap's new generation. Generation. Wow. Wow. He was word, there word. too. Yeah, that was and, my and joint. On, and on the low, Bones. Remember Bones? The dude that started doing the uh documentaries? Yeah, Bones yeah. Malone. The, the, actor. Bones, the actor. Yeah, Bones yeah. Malone. Yeah. Man, Bones, that's when yeah, he first started. That's when he first started his career. Yeah. He sat and talked for like like 20 minutes. The next thing I know, he was blowing up. So so let's let's go to E, man. Mr. E in the building, man. You know, and uh and and, and I mean, tell us about how how you know how Steezo worked with you in the studio, man. Tell us about his studio work and his ethic. Well, it was crazy because um we was no angels, me and my brother Ray, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> See, you do low. I'm saying, I'm not saying I was an angel, <laughs> but we was out there. It wasn't. <laughs> Good. He ain't gonna mess with you. <laughs> Yo, Steve's family, like you know, because his his aunt used to his aunt used to always watch me when I was a kid growing up, and Steve always looked at me and him as being cousin. I mean, me and Dooley is definitely cousin, but Steve looked at Steve looked at me as being his cousin, and he was like, "Yo, E, listen, man, I need a favor, man." I said, "What up, man?" He said, "Yo, man, I'm trying to put this joint out." I said, "Word." He said, "Yo, you gotta talk to your brother Ray, man." Cause Ray was out there, you know, wilding, doing what he was doing, and I was shout out to Ray Bug. Yeah, and I could go to Ray one and be like, "Yo, Ray, listen, man, I think we're gonna we're gonna need a certain amount of money." He said, "How much?" I said, oh, okay. said "That's it." He was like, "Why?" He was like, "That's it." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, that's not the word about it. I got you." So we started. Yeah, we 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 hooked up at my grandmother's house, going to my spot. Cause I had the the uh I think I had the what I had the ASR the uh the MP uh what I had Chris remember you came to my house where the yeah, funk was the, at yeah that was the ASR where the funk was at right hey why we in the studio doing where's the funk right <laughs> so low putting it together so I'm walking around going <laughs> whistling and Steve goes yo that's it we're putting that whistle in we're putting the whistle in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Low, I'm lying. Who, who, who whistled? I was not whistling, not. bugging out. That was no, but I'm saying, who's in actual recording? No, he was listening to me, and Steve said, "Hold up," because Low put the beat together with the fuck, right. and I was whistling like bugging, like I always do, because you know I was producing. Right. Sometimes I like making noise, and Steve's like, "Yo, that's we using right there that whistle." Low, I'm lying. Low, nope. After no, I heard the whistle, I put the, I put the bass line on there. After I heard the whistle, <laughs> but who, but who, but who whistled it into the microphone? Steezo? I don't know. I think that was Steve. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was either. I mean, it was either E or it was Steezo. I don't know who did it at the time. Well, well, y'all was in the studio. Why was y'all smoking? <laughs> we was we was smoking a lot. <laughs> I mean, no, I was, we gonna, we gonna, yo, we gonna say hey, Steezo. Hey, 
Dad was smoking a lot. I wasn't smoking. Dad was smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I know, I was. I ain't gonna lie, goddamn. <laughs> it is what it is. But if it is, they want. Listen, well, when they put the record together, we said, "Yo, we going to Charlie Marauders," and I said, "Yo, Ray, listen, we got to go to the Charlies." He said, "Charlie," I said, "Yeah." I said, "Yo, we're gonna have fun, Ray. Yo, listen, we're gonna put the record out. We can do what we do because they will always come to me. Low and, and Steve will always come to me. Yo, 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 check this out, eight. This what we need. This we gotta do. Talk to Ray. Ray was like, "Yo, I'm on board. Whatever y'all need, I got you. Let's just do this." So we was going to Charlie's. We went to Charlie's in the fucking matter of fact. It wasn't snowing yet, right, Low? I don't think so, but I it know it's cold. It was. I know we, it was cold. When we got out of Long Island, why? When we got out of Long Island, it must have been like ten feet of snow. But we made it back home. Long story short, Steve put out the record. He called me up, said, E, listen to Hot 97. They playing the joint. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> so, hey, what, was that what was that record label? What was it? E and J Records? Just for yeah, you know, was, it, over? It, it was uh, E and R Records. You know? Nah, it wasn't E and R yet. It was uh Funktown Records. Remember Low? Yep, the first that was the first name. <laughs> it was Funktown Records one, and then some dude, Danny, that put yeah, Danny. Song, was beefing with him. He said, Yo, you can't put that record out. Jamaica do. And we say, yo, fuck it. We just changed the whole thing. We gonna put out E and R record. Right, Low? Uh, so I do remember that happening. Hold on a second. Historical wise. So you mean to tell me that you put out with a funk at all funk town records and then turn around and put it on E and J records? E and R. Yeah, because I think they pressed up. I think they they pressed up. They pressed up one round and then um uh, they didn't want to press up no more. Danny, I don't think Danny didn't want to press up no more. But then, right, right, I remember that because it was in Howard Avenue, also in Howard Avenue, and Steve was right, complaining right. like Danny didn't want to press the record up no more. Okay, because that's interesting. Right. I didn't, I didn't realize that record came out on two different labels. Right. Well, well, well I got, I got two stories. I got two stories. The uh -oh. first one, the first one. <laughs> Cecil comes comes to the station. And I'm in this, and I'm and I'm in the office, and I'm listening to Miles Davis because I'm trying to cool out, right? <laughs> so, he, so he walks into the office and says to me, "Yo, you don't know nothing about Miles Davis." So I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so he he went on to give me a 45 minute Harvard Yale lecture on Miles Davis and what Miles Davis meant to jazz and the American art form of jazz for 45 minutes. I could, we could have taken that to Harvard or to Yale. That's how he rocked it. That's when I realized that this dude was not just about hip hop, right? Even though everything being for real, we know that hip hop is about everything anyway, right? So we, we put all of it together. But that was that's story number one. Story number two, he calls me up. And he says, yo, I'm, think, I'm thinking about have, I'm doing this character that's, that's going to be a clown, right? So I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, man, I'm going to do this character. It's going to be a clown. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm, I'm going out here, right? And I said, all right, man. So I'm thinking he messing with me, man. He must be smoking or something. I don't know. I don't know. So I think <laughs> he messing with me. Next thing I know, it's blowing up. The character is blowing up, right? 
those are my two stories. I mean, and just the brother was a human, man. I mean, he was not only a great artist, but he was a human. And, you know, uh, and every time I was around him, man, I felt, I felt good. I mean, you know, there are some people, man, that you go around them, man, and, you know, they taking you down and all of that. I always felt good around the brother, man. And, uh, you know, the last time I talked to him, man, he came up to E's house uh, and E said, yo, man, I got somebody over here, right here that wants to, that wants to say something, you know, somebody want to talk to you. And he put, and he, and he put Steezer on the phone and I was like, what? You know what I'm saying? And we kicked it, man. You know, and that was two years ago, right, E? Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. 2018. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I, so I'm still in shock. You know, I'm still in shock. You know, but uh, but his legacy will, will, will go on because of the fact that he left us so much, right? I mean, we just finished talking about fashion, music, dancing. I don't know what the clown thing was, but that's the <laughs> character. But he but he threw that in. The clown and, thing was, I need some extra cash. There you go. <laughs> and and, and Dulio, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that he was into graffiti. I didn't, that's something I didn't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, fellas. Um, hey, Ron, look at, see this right here? Let me see. You can see the fire? Yeah. Remember that low? Was that my grandmother's house? Let me see. Oh, yeah, damn. That was the right. cover. Remember yep. the cover? And Steve was like, um, he said, yo, we're going to take a picture. And we was like, he just picked up an album. He said, yo, who got, you got some alcohol in here? I was like, <laughs> went in there, got some alcohol from my grandmother. The dude yeah. put the alcohol on the record wine and said, boom, and said, yo, take a picture of this. And Steve, <laughs> and, and, and Lowe was right there. I'm like, yo, these dudes are wildin'. So I got, I, I, I got, I got, I got another question. So, you know, we really ain't talked about the music as much as, as you know, we, as we were talking about the man, right? You know, because the music was extremely part of who he was, right? Can you guys tell me if you got any stories about, you know, First of all, what was your, what was your favorite record out of out of, out of out of all the work that he put out? What was your favorite record? Anybody? My favorite to? record. My favorite record was "Figure It Out." That's a good one. I Figure think Chris did his thing on that. Chris, how about you? Yo. Steve's Steve's hardest cut. Yeah. Hmm. Hey solo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve shocked me on that one. He knew he had to step his game up with, with solo. So that's when you know what I mean. He knew he had to step his game up. But it, it's it's that one and gets it to his moves classic too, man. That's yeah, I, yeah. that was my like that, that was my favorite joint on the album on the low. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with um when it comes to the the, the crazy noise album material like Chris said gets into his moves was I think that was to me I okayed that one like 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 gave him a nod on that musically because we needed yeah, something we hard too. we needed something hard for the, the hood for the streets even right. though he wasn't rapping like that in that sense but musically it had to hit like that so gets into his moves and um uh bring bring the horn and then offset yeah, get of the to album moves, of course yeah. I'm gonna say bop your heads yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Bop your head. Yo, that um that album unleashed a whole bunch of classic uh samples, man, that really made people dig. Um and, and I mean y'all talk, I'm just talking about on the on the digging aspect of, of the breaks that we was using. Yeah. 
Yo, because, I mean, nobody was really tapping some of the stuff that was on there, man, as far as uh, that Joe Quarterman, Free Soul, um, damn, the um, the Rock Dirge. We, some of the, a, a lot of that stuff, man, we were the first ones to sample. I mean, Skull Snaps, mm. that was just the most famous. Mm. Right. But mm. I'm talking about, that was the first time hip-hop heard that um, Sly Stone, a simple song. Yeah. Rugged. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, um, he, he, he it, was bunch, it was a bunch of classics. That's why I sold. Yeah, he so now. Yeah. Even with talking sense, talking sense was that was the average white man. Yep. Yeah, Even, yeah, we we just bring it back, uh, bringing people back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The original groups to, to make go go touring again. And, so hey, drum so roll, like, drum roll, Dulio. You. Come on. All right, I'm gonna go, go with <laughs> Steve Steve Hardest joints. I'm gonna go with um the uh. To the max. Mm. <laughs> I really yeah, yeah, have to the max all day. Mm. There's a story behind to the max. Come on, you want to do the honors? I, 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 I didn't want to give them to the max. We <laughs> was in the studio. <laughs> Chris is telling you. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can't give them that, no, Chris. Yeah. No. Dude, you telling you telling the, the story backwards. <laughs> how, was it, how was it? Dude, you didn't want to give it up. Dooley did Dooley didn't want it. And I was like, are you crazy? Dude's like, nah, that's whack. No, what you used to say, he used to say it's genie. Nah, that's genie. Yeah. Oh, at first I said it was genie until I got into the studio. There you go, you right. <laughs> until it got looped and it got sampled. It got looped, it got sampled. Right. I was like, oh, nah, 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 nah. Right. And until, until, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what switched it because Paul, we took it up to Paul C and, and Paul put the kicks and snares on it, made it sound like a record. <laughs> and then, then Julie was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I like yes, your I Chris. That back. <laughs> yo, 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 Chris. I like I like the joint when Steve came to me. It's like, yo, E, I need you to do me a jazz joint, man. So I looked at Bob's one of Bob James joints, Mister mm. S. Oh, Mister S. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, when he did that, I was like, Steve can write because <laughs> listen, he, 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 he stayed in your basement. People can write to certain beats, unorthodox beats, and I never heard him like switch his flow and different stuff. When he did Mr. Ass, I was like, this dude's a writer. Yeah, there you go. He's a versatile writer. Yeah, he just, yeah, Steve, Steve had Damn, my phone won't go off. It's like this, Vaughn. It's like this. We will have a hundred records in there, Q and beats and stuff. Steve will come with two records to make a hit record. Wow. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I, I never understood that. He'd be like, yo, take this drum. And put it with this, <laughs> and let me do the rest. Actually, you know, this dude I got a, a video on MTV. You like, yo, what the hell happened? <laughs> Me and Chris have the records. That's crazy. That's crazy. Dooley, Dooley, this is this is the trivial cup for you, Dooley. That's crazy. What was the first joint y'all did together? Together was crazy was noise. No, 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 off the funky worm. No, crazy noise in a remix off the no. funky worm. No, no, no. <laughs> The first one, Dewey, off a of, off a of bouncy lady. Oh man, okay. So you going back in the in the in a, the one track game, not even a four track. Right, right. Face trace. So first. Face trace. No, <laughs> yep, face trace. Oh, That's crazy. You have a guy you name that too. Yep, face trace. <laughs> Bank. Face trace. <laughs> Bank. <laughs> I gotta bring that back to you looking because I gotta bring that back. Hey, 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 Juan, but one thing I can say about all this music stuff besides all this. Yes, sir. Steve, Steve was a real father. He loved his kids. 
That's that's no doubt. He it's loved his kids home. because I remember I used to drop my kids off to Steve's house, and he used to be like, "Yo, hey, eat boogie, I got him, man. Just leave him, I got him, man." He used to look, he right here. He loved the boys, man, and he was definitely a father, man. He loved his kids. I don't care about the music, whatever. Yeah. He was a family I, man. I, I, just to piggyback on what you just said is that, yes, he did love his kids, but I think to even go further, he did just love kids, period, man, because hence right. him being Wheezy the Clown, he did it for who? He did it for yeah. the kids. Like, yeah, there's exactly. no money involved, but exactly. that's a lot yeah. of work to let kids beat up on you for yeah. like four hours at a party. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And he did that mainly for kids. So that's right. Yes, he loved his kids and his immediate family, but yeah, he's love kids in general too. And, and I and I gotta tell you, I seen him perform yeah. as Wheezy, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, totally amazing. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So I, anyway, uh, yeah, go ahead, E. Go I ahead. remember one incident, right? They had a uh, parade in uh, New York City. You know why, how they had the Spanish parade in New York all the time, uh, yeah. every year or whatever. Yeah, Puerto Rico. And, yeah. and, and Steve got that buggy, you know, the um, the classic joint, the yeah. yellow buggy, whatever. Right. And, and what kind of car was that, Chris? The, uh, the one he had, the toy car, you know. The dune buggy. Okay, yeah. he goes, yo, E, listen. Can y'all hear me? Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I can yeah. see him. He yeah. said, let's take, a, let's take a ride, man. He said, yo, let's go to the parade, man. Roll with me. So it was me and him. And I said, man, I said, I should, I should bring my jacket. But it was warm in the daytime. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I rolled down there with him on the highway in the buggy. We putting it up. You know, probably was doing like 60. Cars flying. <laughs> anyway, we got to the parade. Missy Elliott, everybody. This before Missy was big. Missy Elliott was big. And right. we seen, me and Steve was together. More of the story on our way coming back. Freezing out. I was like, oh, Steve, you're killing me. <laughs> It was so cold in that buggy, man. No heat, no nothing. <laughs> My boy, yo, yo, but every time he went somewhere, he always said, yo, E, what's up? We went to Martha Vineyard. Me and Steve went to go stay at my uncle's chef house. We had these buggies, whatever, just stand up, uh, thing with the motor, whatever. We flying around the vineyard and all that. Me and Steve, I mean, me and Steve did so much stuff together. It, it, it It's killing me. Now it's going to really starting to take a toll on me because we did a lot together so fellas I mean, uh you know uh in closing you know uh can everybody you know what last thoughts let's start with you dulio last thoughts all right my last thought my last thoughts right now is and i'm just gonna keep saying it very intelligent human being super talented a genius a performer, a father, a great friend, a brother, and he's definitely stuck in my heart. I'm happy to be part of his legacy amongst the gentlemen that I'm that I'm here with now, my brothers, and, and to say, you know, I miss him dearly. My heart shattered, but I know one thing that was beautiful is that he will be remembered. And that's the reason why we got into music is to be remembered. Because one day, as we was out there digging in the crates for old records, finding old OJs, stuff like that, there's gonna be another generation 
way before when we pass, they're going to go back looking for music and they're going to pick this up like, yo, you know about this dude, Steezo? Man, this album is crazy. Then they're going to read the credits. They're going to see Jim name, Jim face. They're going to see Chris's face. They're going to see my name and be like, yo, let's find out where these dudes at. And they're going to pick our records up. And that legacy is going to go on and on till the end of time. And I miss him. You know, I love him. It's my brother. Jim. Um, okay, so Dooley pretty much said a lot, man. He was, nothing's all good, right? Nothing's all bad. And, and we had a brother relationship. I mean, like family. Uh, we argue and don't speak. And then two months later, what up, man? What up? Like nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? Uh, so he was definitely my brother. Uh, we went to London. We both, our first time traveling out of this country, going to another world was just me and him. All right. we had was each other. Everybody else is stranger. Everybody else is the groupie or a fan or a supporter, whatever. All we had was each other coming from where we came from. Um, so again, you know, we, we had our good times. We had our bad times. And I know that relationship was like that with all of us. You know what I mean? We stopped talking to each other and talked to each other again later on. But we knew how to, at a certain point in time, come together and create. And a lot of what we were able to do was based on our circle and what we did to create to make things happen. Um, and you see a lot of people, Steve, you know, you you for different reasons at times, but for whatever the reason is, when you were around Steve, that was always a positive thing to be around him. So if you were making clothes at that time in the circle of that, then that was positive to be have him on your side. If you were giving the kids party, that was positive to have him on your side. If you needed a haircut, it was positive to have him on your side. If you needed some, a couple of dollars or a ride, it was positive to have him on your side. So we can all in our relationships have our ups and downs, but to have Steezo in your life was always more of a positive person to have in your life, you know what I mean, and around you because he will try to help you and, and do for you. E. That's what we all did for each other. E, last thoughts, man. Dooley, like Dooley said it all. I mean, everything that Dooley said, Dooley 100% right. I mean, me and Steve used to get together, you know what I'm saying? We talk about certain things or whatever. You know, he used to come to Connecticut, like, don't let nobody know I'm coming here. <laughs> That's how he was. I'm going to call you up, E-Boogie. I'm going to come see you, man. I'm going to go see a couple of few cats, Dooley, whoever. And that was it. But he loved he, I mean, he loved the ground that I walked on. I mean, he know I had his back 100%. Whatever he need, when I was here for him, thick and thin. And that's how we roll. Right? Whatever Dooley said and Jim said, that's how he was. And Steve was, like, funny acting towards a lot of people. For me, it was always 100% genuine. And Steve didn't like a lot of people, and people didn't like him, jealous of him, because the way he used to flow. You know, pretty boy, you know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you're a pretty boy, you know what I'm saying? You, go, <laughs> you know, well, it, it, it's the truth. And he's dressing, you know, like far as fashion and all that, like Chris said earlier and all that. Any fashionable person, the way you roll, you want, you're unorthodox, you're going to be hated. And that was Steve. I like to say something. I, I grew up with Steve since a little kid, since about seven, eight years old. Still talk to his son to this day. We still tight anytime we come up. 
we we get together. You know what I mean? And, um, I just remember always taking us places, always going to his house, man. He was always a good father, man. I know him more as a father than as a musician, than anything. I remember coming to the studio, but I know him from being my boy's dad. My father brought me to him. I was, he's like, yo, this dude gonna cut your hair now. He's like, yo, you gotta come hang with my sons, man. And that was it. You know what I mean? And awesome. from a little kid, I'm 30, I'm 33 years old now. I've been, I know him my whole life like that, you know what I mean? And he will always create stuff and he always makes sure we straight and we just stay tight like that, so. There you go, and the influence on young people, man. I mean, not just with you, Lil E, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and but also, you know, with, 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 the, with the kids in this community. I mean, you know, uh, we, we already talked about that, you know, uh, and we lost Chris, you know, uh, he's somewhere on the road somewhere, you know, but, uh, I want to thank all, all of you for, you know, for, for chiming in, man, on this cat's life. Uh, it's been amazing today, like, what the world has, how the world has responded to his death, right? Which shows us that he just wasn't about New Haven. He was about this universal kind of, 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 of cat that, you know, like a lot of people embrace, you know? And uh, and sometimes, man, it's sad, but you know, like sometimes, you know, you don't you don't get those roses, man, while you alive. You know what I mean? But uh, is that Chris? I hope so. No, that's Superman. Oh man, okay. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, and I know, and I know, and I know that he's uh, that he that he has really, you know, uh, made an impact on my life and made an impact on this community. And we got Superman, uh, Superman J, man. So listen, bro, we was just closing out, man, and uh, we wanted to kind of do in our last thoughts, man. You got. Can you make can you make a statement for us, man? Last thoughts. She still there? He's look. He's, he's trying to get his audio yeah. on. Well, so, so, so Juan. Yeah. Real quick, while I'm here, I just want to do this real quick. Oh, go ahead, bro. Hey, yo, this is Jim Slice, one third of Steezo. You're listening to the Rhythm of the City with Juan Castillo, 94.3, the YBC. That's hot. That's hot. Superman, <laughs> Superman J, we got you on now? Yes, you got me back, man. All right, all right bro. So listen, man, we just closing out, man. Uh, everything all right? Okay. We, we just want to make sure you was good. And uh, Yeah, I appreciate good, that, man. Good, 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 man. Uh, so we were making our last thoughts, man, and we're going we gonna to end the show with, with you, man. Like, you know, what's the last thing that you want to leave this community and the world, man, about your man? You know, when you think of Steezo's passing, just like when you think of Fred the Godson and so many others, man, I mean, my, my whole thing is basically, man, we got to start treating each other with respect, with love, while we're here, while they're here as opposed to when they're gone, because, you know, we don't get no second do-over chances, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the way I, I've always looked at it, man. Give people their flowers, give them their just do while they're here. It's like, you know, when someone wants to give someone an accolade, don't wait until they're gone. Give it to them while they're here so that they can appreciate it, because at the end of the day, Steezo knows that he, that he was loved beyond everybody that's on this call right now. He was loved beyond. Yeah. You know, I don't care what people go through. People can go through their ups and downs and bickering between one another here and there. But guess what? Family always comes back. 
family always comes back. And that's what I look at Steve at, as uh, I look at him, Sean, Julio, you know, uh, Chris, all these guys. I look at them as family, man, because that's what it is. It's not just a music family. You know, me and Slice, we chop it up every so often. Julio, you know, I'm, I'm going to definitely get Chris's number, man, because at the end of the day, you know, we got we to gotta learn to love one another. We in some trying times, man. So yes. let's learn to do that, man. Give people their flowers while they're here, while they can appreciate them and start appreciating one another. No question. Uh, on that note, man, uh, fellas, I want to thank you uh, for, for being a part of this show. Uh, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to miss the, our brother. Uh, yes. But, so his legacy lives on. His legacy lives on. And oh, we're uh, going to make sure of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, this is Juan Castillo uh, on the Rhythm of the City, 94.3 WYBC. You're in the danger zone. You're in the danger zone. I feel it. It's a good sensation, like a two-year-old child doing her shoelation. I'm talented in everything I invent. Keep the cash flow growing and paying the rent. I invent with the power of a sorcerer. They call me Steve Zoe and I'm the torturer. And I claim everything from the brain and all the negative stuff is being drained. Stop it. Yes, it's science, I'm dropping it. They ain't an MC out there who can mop it. I'm blessed with the gift and the music is hype. Not the human I once and say goodnight. But if I happen to hear a moan and groan, it just entered the danger zone. Oh. Vigilante rapper, killing and collecting. After the song is finished, you be respected. Steezy, we the man, and fine like a cannon. Instead of Buck Wallin', I'm Dan Tannen. Teachers, well, I'm the substitute. You're being terminated, so give a salute. Like a yield sign, slow down and keep caution. Like Diana, I'm the one crossing. I can reach from levels one to the tenth. You don't believe me? That's on the strength. I do a show after get respect. They go and pick up my royalty check. But when I get it, no, there ain't no loan, you're in the danger zone. T.T. on the strip.